0: Dr. Jason Lancaster.
1: Sometimes at Good Friday services, you're not quite sure the right emotion or mindset. I'm sure you've been to plenty of Good Friday services. I grew up at a certain school where we would go through the Stations of the Cross and as a young child felt like it lasted forever. And I wasn't sure the the emotion we're supposed to have It's not a funeral because we know how this ends, right? And I don't think we need to come here to conjure up all of our guilt feelings because Jesus paid it all. But it is a time of thinking about what does that mean he paid it all. We think about on the cross what's going on. Who is Jesus? And I think it's going to be appropriate for us today to meditate on the Word. What I'm going to do is we're going to have some verses come up on the screen, and they're going to be uh, a short meditation on Isaiah 52 and 53, verse by verse. And if you find your mind getting distracted or unable to pay attention, that's okay. Okay. Find your eyes going back to the scripture, and we are going to meditate on what does it mean that his life was laid down for, for us. So let's go ahead and begin. I'm going to start with Isaiah 52, and we'll start with verse 13. Isaiah 52:13. Behold, my servant will prosper, he will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. The servant there is God's servant, Jesus, who will live a perfect life and he will die a substitutionary death, be raised on the third day and be high and lifted up, greatly exalted to the right hand of the Father. By the way, what we're reading happened way before any of the stuff we're talking about on Good Friday happened. It's a prophecy. It was God's plan that this would happen. Let's continue. Isaiah 52, verse 14. Just as many were astonished at you, my people, so his appearance was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. Jesus was so badly tortured and beaten up, leading up to the cross, that his appearance, his appearance, was marred more than any man. It's almost as if he didn't look human, with his flesh torn and his body bruised and bleeding at the hands of the Romans. Verse 15. "Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him." For what had not been told them, they will see, and what they had not heard, they will understand. His suffering, if you notice here, will sprinkle the nations, not just Israel, but the nations. And Jesus is this priest who will sprinkle the nations so that they can be cleansed and consecrated. And kings will shut their mouths one day as they will see the suffering servant high and exalted. And they will come to this realization as we are proclaiming the gospel around the world. And we move into Isaiah 53 verse 1. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Two questions are asked concerning belief in power. The message of God's power and the suffering servant has gone out, but who has believed it? God even predicted it hundreds of years before, but when Jesus fulfilled these prophecies, most did not believe, and most still do not believe today, for there is a wide road, and that's where many go, and there's a narrow way, And few find it. And the question we ask here today is for you. Are you on that narrow road of faith in Jesus? Verse 2. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. Jesus grew up under the watchful eye of the Father, even though he was ignored by the world. And you would expect the Savior or the Messiah to come with royal robes and majestic appearance. But there was nothing in the appearance of Jesus that others should be attracted to him. He was just a poor and a humble servant. Verse 3. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised. and We did not esteem him. People despised Jesus. They hated him. They rejected him. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with the suffering caused by a sin-soaked world. And in our suffering, we can never say, Jesus, you just do not understand. As it says, he is acquainted with grief, with pain and suffering so that he can comfort us in our suffering. Verse 4, surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Jesus took our griefs and our sorrow, which is the pain caused by sin. He bore our griefs and our sorrows on the cross as a consequence for sin. Yet, people thought he was being punished and afflicted by God for his own sin. But it was the sin of sinners and not his own. He was bearing the wrath and the punishment of the Father for my sin and and for your sin my brothers and sisters it's not that we come to good friday and jesus has done his part now you do your part it's not that jesus has died on the cross for your sins and now you got to do your part and live a good life and maybe you'll go to heaven because i want to tell you right here and right now We have already contributed our part, and our part was the sin parts. He bore our sin. And verse five says he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. I know we like to pay a lot of attention to the physical punishment of Jesus on Good Friday, but there is something greater than the physical punishment, and that is the punishment and wrath inflicted by God the Father. Jesus was the substitute who was pierced for our sins and transgressions, not his own. He was crushed by the Father for our sins and iniquities, not his own. He took on punishment and wrath for your well-being, you get peace, you get healing, you get forgiveness because Jesus was scourged and not you. Verse 6, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Jesus is being punished for the sins of humanity. All of us are straying and foolish sheep and we have all turned to our own sinful ways. But instead of being punished for our sin, the Lord causes the iniquity of us all to fall on him and he is punished as a substitutionary sacrifice. So the father is treating the sinless one like a sinner. Verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers, so he did not open his mouth. The Lamb of God did not protest or turn away from suffering. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was the sacrificial lamb who submissively gave up his life willingly and without a fight. Verse 8, by oppression and judgment he was taken away and as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. He was falsely accused and judged and taken away be slaughtered. They thought it was just punishment for him to be cut off and die, but the wrath and punishment that should have fell on sinners for that would have been just punishment, but instead the wrath fell on the innocent one so that the guilty, which would be us, couldn't go free through faith in Christ. Verse 9, his grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. This is such a clear prophecy. Even though Jesus never sinned, did no violence, and was never deceitful in his speech, he was still punished as a criminal. And all assumed that he would be buried like an old criminal. Yet the rich man, Joseph of Arimathea, buried Jesus in his own tomb. Verse 10 But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and will prolong his days. And the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. The Lord took pleasure in crushing his son so that his wrath would be satisfied and he could be reconciled to a redeemed people. Who is it that killed Jesus? The Romans, you could say. The Jews, you could say. Oh, it was us, sinners, you could say. But you could also say it was the Father pouring out his wrath on his son so that we could be satisfied, reconciled, redeemed people with him forever. Verse 11 As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many, and he will bear their iniquities. The question is, was the father satisfied with the sacrifice of his son? Was it enough to atone for sin? And we have clearly here, it says, the wrath of God was satisfied. The righteous servant who hung on the cross, bearing the wrath of God for sins of many, has changed God's face toward them into favor. And they are justified through faith in Christ. Acquitted, forgiven, and counted righteous. In the last verse, verse 12, Therefore I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. And so after the sacrifice of the suffering servant, it says that he will be exalted. He will be held high in victory and receive the glory due him. He poured out his life unto death for you. He was counted as a sinner for you. He took the wrath of God for you. He turned away the wrath of God for you. And it comes to us. And I guess you could say our part is to worship, to praise and exalt this suffering servant who suffered in our place so that we may live forever. Let's pray. Lord, we exalt you, we praise you, we worship you. And we extol the suffering, resurrected, and exalted servant, Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for sending your son so that we may live. And I just ask that on this day, you would impress it upon us that we are here who people who want to linger at the cross, rejoice in our salvation, and praise you again and again and again on into eternity for the salvation you have bought and you have paid it all for us. And to you, we give you all the glory and all the praise. Amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way guided by God's Word.